Hey, I'm Veronica Jans, and I'm obsessed with backends, specifically your business backend, your operations, and I'm the CEO and founder of Business Laid Bare. We're a digital operations agency that builds well-lubricated and orgasmic operations so that your business is pleasurable, productive, and ultimately profitable. Because when you feel good, everything else feels good too, like your team, your customers, and your bank account. I mean, who doesn't want to consent to that? This podcast gives you the tips, interviews, and mindset shifts on how to run your business and its operations so that it's immensely pleasurable, productive, and profitable. So, ready to whip your business into shape with me? Let's get it on. Now, I have to say that bringing you on to the Business Laid Bear team has been amazing, Terry. So, before we even get started with this episode, like, I just have to say thank you and Maybe I'm paying myself a compliment by setting the business up for success, which is why like, I want to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Right. And the fact that you're here will totally help I should interview contribute. you in the podcast asking you how you knew it was time to hire me. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I can just give that answer right now. So cobbler's <laughs> shoes. Like, you know how a cobbler would make like really great shoes for other people, but their shoes themselves would not be so great. So like that was me and it didn't feel like high integrity whatsoever because integrity is so important to me and in my business. And so I'm like, if I am telling my clients to create good operations and document, create good processes, I need to do that myself. And so I realized that I was also neglecting that because I was so focused on helping everyone else grow that I'm just like, I was making the excuse of, oh, well, I can always get to it because the time it takes me to create something like this, obviously this is why people come to us, is a lot faster, right? So, But that excuse needed to stop because I was feeling icky. Therefore, I was like, hey, Terry, (laughs) I need (laughs) you. So this is a perfect lead-in because hiring is so brilliant for businesses. Like, Despite all of our... And I will speak for myself, like controlling nature. I'd like to call it hands-on, by the way, mm-hmm. like proactive, controlling, hands-on nature. Like our business is so close to us. Like I don't want to say our business is our baby, but it's just like our treasured like gem. And to give up that control, to have that much right. trust in other people. To share the dream. Can somebody else share that dream? Do they see that dream the same way oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Like it's a very like vulnerable experience at least for me. (laughs) So I just wanted to spend today talking about and helping, helping you dear listeners, like get excited about hiring, but also be able to hire in a way that's beneficial. Like constantly we're hearing from our clients and prospective clients and just all around the internet that, Hey, I'm ready to hire because I don't want to do all the things, which you shouldn't because that's a one-way ticket to burning out and stressing out and feeling resentful, to being able to bring on team members that actually will help the business. So today's episode is all about, yes, you may be ready to hire, but is your business? And if you feel like it may be not, we're going to give you the top three things that Terry and I feel are really important to bring on team members into your business in a way that actually supports you. Because by prioritizing systems that actually support the business, everyone benefits, especially you. And then there's your team members and your customers. What we don't want for you is when you bring on someone 
to not trust them. Like, I feel like there's like this dark side of hiring and bringing on team members that doesn't really get talked about. So we best talk about it because we want you to run a pleasurable, productive, and ultimately profitable business. And so we got to like air out the closet where things might be hiding. Right. And there's a dark side to almost everything in life. In order to make something better, you have to look at the not so sunny side of life. Yeah. So things like feeling like a glorified babysitter, that just sounds super stressful. And that's what a lot of our clients have come to us saying. Like they're like, I bring on these team members. Why is it that I have to like feel like I'm a helicopter parent or I have to like follow up behind them and like make sure that they're actually doing their job and checking in? It's almost like I'm doing two people's jobs now while wasting money because I'm paying somebody else just to redo their work later. And some of it, sure, could be like your perfectionist showing, but I'm also willing to gamble on it being that there aren't any like cohesive systems that set everyone else for success to help you trust your team members and to help them feel confident taking work off your plate. And part of that comes from having a documentation or something that somebody can follow when you're not around. I think a lot of times we forget that people learn in different ways, that not everybody can learn by just watching somebody do something once, or some people learn better by reading. Or for me, it's like, show me how to do it and then let me do it. Just let me go off and try it. I'm one of those people that will scan instructions and then go try it. I have to have that hands-on experience when I'm learning something. Otherwise, it just doesn't stick. Absolutely. It's important to acknowledge that when you do hire someone, that they may not learn in the same way that you do or did. And we're going to talk about that as part of our like three things or the three systems that we believe you really need to have in place so that things feel really good. Like our desire for you at Business Laid Bear is to confidently be able to onboard team members, have them get with your program fast, like rather quickly, and to spend more time doing what you can only do rather than having to babysit or to wonder if things are getting done and to your standards. Like this is why this episode is so important because this episode is about freedom and trust and integrity. I just have three fart in my background, in in my head now. (laughs) Because that was that good? It was that good? (laughs) When you say the word freedom, I always think of like that scene in Braveheart where he's just screaming at the top. That's how I want to feel every day when I do my job. Like, I've got the freedom, you know? (laughs) That's what this will do, right? Like, if you've got all your systems in place, you'll be able to like run out into the world and take that vacation or... Give somebody that project because they understand your business. They understand the culture. They understand the branding, the voice of it. And they can just run and make it their own with the understanding of what your business is about. So oh, this is freedom good. for everybody. <laughs> and it almost is like, maybe this is a pseudo interview for you as well, because our partnership has been really great. And so it's like, how can we just lend some insight? Oftentimes our clients are like, how do you run things? So like we, you know, We want to set a good example as to how good operations are run. So it's like, maybe it's a pseudo interview for you as well. So, okay, enough of me babbling. Let's get into the top three things that we believe you need to have in your business so that you can make your business onboarding hiring ready because we know you are, but we want to make your business hire ready as well. So let's kick off number one. 
good project thing. management. <laughs> yes. This is your favorite thing. Also my favorite thing as well, but also we're biased because we're also project managers, but right. having a good task and project management system is a no brainer. You cannot tell me that you can run a business well without having good project management. And also we're going to be using the word systems a lot. So if this is the first time you're listening to us, hello, or not, it bears repeating. So at least a business laid bare, the definition of a system is the people, the process, and the tools all working collectively together to achieve a specific result or goal repeatedly. That repeatedly, that consistency is important because having a system you can depend on to give you consistent results is important for trust and standards. So let's talk about why a task and project management system is important for any business to have when it comes to making their business higher ready. I think one of the first things it offers is visibility into what's going on in the business. And the nice thing is that you can, with the pro- most project management tools, you can give as much or as little visibility as you want. And one of the things we work on with our clients is setting goals, whether that's you know financial goals or goals to have a product launch, something like that. To have the team be able to see that and see who's responsible for what automatically builds trust. So you okay. have the ability to see that right there in a project management tool. And there's really good accountability built in, like to see things that the person you hired is assigned. It allows you to just be really objective. Like, are they marking their tasks complete or are they just getting piled up with tasks and faster than they can complete it? And if that's the case, well, it's not like they're necessarily doing a bad job. It's allowing you to audit, like maybe you're piling too much on them at once, or maybe you assign them something that's actually more difficult than what you first imagined. Like, I think this could be an easy, like 10 minute task. And it actually, there's so much more detail missing that they need to spend two to three plus hours on it. And there is no way that you know that unless you have like a transparent conversation. So when it could also be that they're getting the task done and we've run into this. Oh, Somebody's yeah. getting the task done, right? But they don't like the tool or the way they see things in the tool. So they just ignore the tool. And that's an important piece of this too, is that you have to understand not only how your team learns, but how they operate. Are they like Michaela, who's on our team? They love checking things off of lists like that. They just, they get a thrill out of that. Or are they somebody that would rather just quietly get the task done and then like once a week go in and check everything off and provide updates? Like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't either. I, I mean, I do it every couple of days probably, but I'm always going into our favorite tool, click up and making notes. Even to myself, I'll leave notes. This is where I left off or, you know, here's the link for this just so that I don't have to remember the next morning before the coffee kicks in what exactly I was doing when I left off at the end of the day. And when you hire people, when you bring them into your business, like their job is to ship. Their job is to get things done, right? That's why you hired somebody so that you can often delegate work that otherwise you would be doing. So having a good project management system allows you to be productive, allows you to audit when things are not going well, and also allows you to lean on the system rather than keeping all of these deadlines, tasks, and what have you in your head. That's got to be so stressful. Like I want you to have so much like creative space in your brain to innovate to do what you need to do. And 
Also, it gives that person that you're delegating work to a chance to not flail. Like when you have all the work that they need to do, hopefully for the day, for the week planned out, you are being a good boss. You are being a good manager and they feel confident because then they can self-pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have some place to go to find that work. They don't have to constantly bug you. Yeah, at least one layer of that feeling that some of our clients have had where they just feel like they're babysitting. They have to tell everybody what to do. You can say, just go here. This is where it's at. And if you have questions, mm-hmm. then you know, let's have the conversation on that task or have that conversation in Slack or whatever it might be. Like it's really easy to constantly like slack people. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And of course, they'll likely say yes. So, but if you do that, then they don't have one place to go. It's like you have to create a process for yourself to be able to be consistent, so that they're not sifting through emails, text messages, or what however it is you all communicate to look for tasks that you need to be doing. Because I truly believe that people are good people. Like. I don't want to just get hired to do a bad job. Like I truly believe people want to impress you and to do a good job. And if you're a really good boss, like they have no reason to sabotage. So like when things are not working or when they're failing, we have to address this right away because this is not a good start if especially if they're new. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be stressful. No. So what was really great about our project management system when you first started? You had one (laughs) and you used it. I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I've had in one position, I had to help implement a project management tool that is just in general, not a strong project management tool. And nobody wanted to use it because just it was, was so clunky, but it was one of the only ones at the time that was at an enterprise level. And I've also been in where I've come in and they've had a project management tool and they knew that I was a project manager. That's why they hired me. But Nobody wanted to use the tool. And I would come up with ways for us to view things or see things or present things in ways that people could see them in different ways or create specific projects or whatever. Nobody used it, which as a project manager planning launches and nobody's using the tool, you have no idea what to tell anybody during a weekly meeting. Where are we at this? I don't know. Nobody's asked, done tasks. So we have to go through the task list first. I think that's the nice thing. And we have business like Bear, we have a clear idea 99% of the time, there's always going to be a slip up or it's just easier to quickly say something in Slack, right? But most of our paper trail, quote unquote paper trail, is on a task. So we can always go back to the task and we have a pretty clear hierarchy in there to find things. If we're like, oh, we did this for this one client, we know we can go back to those tasks and, and find that paper trail and see that there and use that as a reference. It's not sifting through you know, hundreds of Slack messages. <laughs> or and we emails. talk yeah. a lot. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and that's we great. Do. Like, I love that we communicate so much. But yeah. you touched upon something earlier that I didn't bring up that was so important is, yes, a project management system is great. Remember, I'm not just saying tool. I'm saying a system as a whole. Right. It has to make sense for the people involved. And I know it takes a lot of work because it means that you have to dig much deeper than just the surface level of like an app. Like you're truly understanding, okay, how is it that I visualize information? How is it that I do my best work? Do I need to see my task as a list? Do I want to see everything all at once so that I can like sort and organize what I'm going to do today, tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. But at least know like, Hey, in a month's time, this is coming up on my plate that I can plan for, or maybe just even knock out if 
I'm really good at what I do or I'm efficient. So being able to create a system that makes sense will get a lot of buy-in from people if it intuitively makes sense. And this is where our people first philosophy comes in. Like we want to create systems that feel intuitive for the users. And so it's a lot of not just saying, hey, you should use our favorite app or you should use this. It's like, how do you thrive? How do you work? What do you need to see? What is going to cause you to procrastinate? Like we get to know you on a human level. So if there's anything that we could take away from this like project management system is before you start picking the apps, really understand what is it that you need this system to do for you. And then we look at the bells and whistles, like the features. Yep. Which brings us then to thing number two to make your business like higher ready is a knowledge base. Like you're all smiles. I love this. <laughs> These are things I love. It's all information. I guess it, it gives it gives the staff a place to go when they have questions. And that could be how to do something. It could be how to answer a customer's question. It could be any number of things can be in there. It can just be a warehouse of templates we use. So I think that's the neat thing. A knowledge base, I think when some people hear that, they might think when you go to a website and you're looking for a help section, right? So you can solve your own problem. This is like this, but almost a higher level from the standpoint of you're going to provide other things besides like a step-by-step SOP of how to do something. And I mean, we've even in the few months that I've worked with you, Veronica, have made that shift. This is more than a bunch of how-tos, right? Yeah. It's all about your second brain. Like I like to think of the knowledge base as the business brain. And especially when you're starting out, whether you're solo or you have a team of like five and under, most of the stuff lives in your head, right? Because you're in the thick of it. You're in the day-to-day, you're working with your team members, you're communicating how to do something. But as your business grows or as you take on more CEO things that only you can do, you're not always going to be there and you don't want to be that bottleneck. You don't want to be the one thing holding everything together because then it means that the team is dependent on you for them to succeed. And that's just going to stress you out because like, what if you're at a conference or on vacation and somebody doesn't know how to do something that's client work? that the clients paid you for, and that this could mean that you're going to miss the deadline or something. So having a knowledge base is about, again, freedom. It's freeing everybody to be able to do their job confidently because I've had enough times where someone's like, do this. And you know, I go to Google University and we figure it out, but it's also not the best thing. Like Being resourceful is great, but if you don't get a sense of the standards that are expected from you, my performance is not going to be predictable or I won't be confident doing the work. So having a good knowledge base is about information. Just to add on to that, Veronica, is if you don't have a knowledge base, it can also create a dissonance between the person giving the work and the person doing the work because you don't understand what the expectations are. And so you do something as the employee and you think, oh my God, this is amazing. This is wonderful. Oh my God, I've done my best work yet. And you you go to the person that gave it to you and you're like, that's not what I wanted. But you didn't know oh, yes. from the start what the person wanted because they just said, do this. So then you go you know, to Google or wherever it is and do it. And then that affects the self-confidence and the trust yeah. between everybody. We don't really like to place blame, but if we were to place blame, it would have to be the person giving that task, right? Because you in your mind have a way you want something done or have an end result you want to see. 
And the way that you communicate it might be like A, but the way that that person receives it might be completely different, like D. But yet at the same time, they felt like they really understood you. So having a knowledge base allows that predictability, that consistency, and that stability to be there. Because when you are predictable, it lends itself to a lot of routine. Because at the end of the day, I feel like human beings are very much like routine creatures. So it's like knowing what's to come. And I'm not saying like turn your employees into robots. That's not it at all. But giving them some sort of footing. Mm -hmm. A good foundation. Mm -hmm. A foundation allows this to happen. So we use Notion as the tool. And of course, Google Docs and Loom videos and all of our ClickUp tasks, but everything is centralized in Notion. So that is the tool to make our system work. So the people are the team members using it. The process is anytime we create any document, SOP, template, like I even have a document that I tell people that I create and they're like, oh my God, you put something like that in a knowledge base? I'm like, yeah, of course. It's Anytime there's a price change to the business laid bare offering, I have a bulleted list of everywhere I need to change the price point on so that there is consistency. So if I increase the price by like $10 or whatever it is, or $100, I know to go into like Acuity where I ask a question about our offering, or I go to Dubsado where we have our invoices and our contract. And I also update it on our website, right? So things like this is information. And if in the future, I need something updated and I'm not there to update it. Somebody on the team can take care of it. Yeah. Or you have too much on your plate and need somebody to do it. Then it like refer to this and you can do it. I think also what a knowledge base helps you do is while it provides those guide rails, right? It also allows the staff to be creative, more creative because they aren't maybe totally stressed about just getting the task done. They can see, okay, this is what I need to do. And maybe they see a better way to do it or they see another way to do it then you can have that dialogue and that conversation because you know what the basis is. Yes. I love that. Like I am always open to when you're like, Hey, this can be done better. Or why are you doing it this way? And oftentimes when you ask me that, I'm like, Oh, something is going to blow my mind. I'm excited, but (laughs) we wouldn't be able to have this conversation, Terry, if there's no starting point. Right. So when it comes to your knowledge base, and if you're thinking this, what are we going to do with Google docs? Right? Like we love Google docs. We love Google Drive. Like we absolutely love it. And Notion is just so much more user-friendly for us and easier to search because when you search your Google Drive, it's like, unless you know how to filter really well, everything's going to show up with that title or that search phrase. So we create a lot of our content, like I said, in Loom videos, with Google Docs, ClickUp tasks. It just gets centralized in Notion. And sometimes we create documents in Notion when it's really internal And we create things in Google Docs when we know we're going to share it with our client or it requires Google Docs and Sheets and presentations like functionality that we couldn't get anywhere else. So I've set some boundaries on how do we know where to create it and then where to put it in Notion. And of course, they've created a process document for that. (laughs) We created an SOP, standard operating procedure, on how to write SOPs. (laughs) So And where to keep them when you're done with them. Yes. Thanks to Miro. So we're doing a lot of like app dropping today because it's like there are tools, but they're important tools that help our system work. And the system for the knowledge base is all about information, making it easy for people to be resourceful. Like that's the end result for me. 
taking information out of our brains and documenting it so that if I'm sick or if you're sick, we can each help each other out without the business like coming to a halt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So takeaways, action items for the knowledge base. If you want to make your business higher ready, it's important to have a knowledge base. So figure out if it's in Drive, even Notion, or even in your project management app, like ClickUp or Asana allows you to like house documents. Like sure, you have to create it somewhere else, but at least it's some like central place to look. Start thinking about what it is that you want your your next hire to take off your plate. And that's where you should start creating documentation. So templates, standard operating procedures, checklists, or just ways of work. So reference documents. Great place to start. And sometimes you think, we've mentioned this before, it can seem overwhelming to get that started, but it could be, I'm actually doing this for a client I'm working with right now, where I started building something and they're like, well, we want to know how to maintain this later. So now every time I get on to work on their project, I'm making little Loom videos for them of the stuff that I'm doing so that they can refer to that later. I love it. All right. So then item number three of what you need to make your business hireable is a team onboarding and training experience or system. Now, I will fully admit, Terry, when I brought you on, I didn't have this. It was on my mind, but I just just couldn't get away from my business to take the time to do it. I did create it for Michaela, and ever since I created it for her, I've been able to like duplicate it or like work on it. But let's talk about why this is so important for making your business hiring ready. Oh my goodness. It's I think it's even more important now in the virtual world that we live in. I've had a few jobs and I've started and there's always that week long orientation and you know, you fill out all the paperwork and all of that and then you're kind of in the job. And when you're working from home or in a virtual office, you don't have the ability necessarily to absorb the culture in the, of the business in the same way. You don't necessarily get to go out for lunch, you know, those kind of things. And so when we started building the onboarding process for a business like Baird, we tried to somewhat encapsulate that in an easy to digest format. We know there's always going to be a learning process as, you know, as people get chatting and meetings, but at least to give people the feel of and to give them power, right, to learn on their own. Yeah, I love it. I think the biggest thing is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think. That's one thing that you and I discovered is if you're using tool A, has a really great video about how to use their tool, then send that person, your new hire, to watch that video or read that document. Just create a document about how you use that tool. So, I mean, I think the big example we always use is Slack, right? Mm -hmm. We send people to Slack's knowledge base to learn how to use the tool, but the bit that we share with them is how we specifically use the tool that might be different than another company might use it. Absolutely. Like who better to write this documentation than the people that created this business? So like for us, we give them a link, sure, to send to Slack, but then like we'll say, hey, oftentimes we just want to communicate in ways that are not like text friendly. So put this emoji with the two eyes to show that you've seen it, but you just don't have time to respond or just don't want to. Like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like we're okay being patient, but then it just lets everyone know like, hey, I've got this. And then whenever you can respond, you're going to respond. So like 
things like green check marks, because sometimes I inevitably am like, hey, since we're having this conversation, oh, by the way, if we're having this conversation, can you do X? And then most of the time I'll add it to ClickUp. Or if I'm asking somebody to do it and then they just get it done, they just put a green check mark there and it's done. It means that it's done. So there are different ways in which we want to communicate how the business runs. So we also want to be transparent. And I think the biggest struggle that people have is like, how do I start creating a team onboarding experience that isn't overwhelming because I know my business like so well, right? So our favorite recommendation is like time block it for a week. Like what do they need to know the first week that they are with you? They're going to learn on a job. They're going to learn on their own time. They're going to be overwhelmed. It's okay. But like, at least for you, you now have like a start and end point of seven days, like what you would like them to know about your business. And I think that's helped our clients a lot because they treat the team onboarding experience like like a mini course in a way. Right. Exactly. And that's one way to look at it, right? Is this is a mini course, a crash course in our business. I hadn't thought of it like that before. I love that. It's like different modules. At least for me, I have yeah. different sections. And yep. like to echo what you were saying earlier, like about teams not being able to go out to eat. It's like, well, the best thing that I can do is to buy everybody like digital gift cards, like lunches on me this week or something. And then in part of the onboarding experience, before I ask them to like schedule a meeting with me at the end of the week, just to check in, I'm like, put down some places you want to receive gift cards from for when, you know, we have team lunches. Is it like Uber Eats or a specific restaurant that you really love or a diner? Whatever it is, I have that information and I can take care of you in the way that allows us to still be a digital first company without feeling too disconnected. The great thing too, when we created the onboarding process, we should probably get a thumbs up to Notion for this idea. We created a list of things for somebody that's coming on to be thinking about through the onboarding process. We don't want the onboarding process, like all documentation and things you work on in your business process, you work on in your business to become stale. And so we have a set of questions we ask the new hires to keep in mind as they're going through the process. Like what's working in this? What's not working? What did we miss? Where can we mm-hmm. improve? And so I love that. give that to them on day one. And that is the basis for the meeting that they have with Veronica at the end of the week. That's where they kind of start talking about those questions. So then we know as a team how to improve the onboarding process for the next person. We've built in that feedback and iteration process right into the onboarding. So, and it also helps create that that level of trust. Culture of transparency. Yeah. Yep. And how we communicate like, yeah, sure, I run this business, but I am totally open to if something is not working, please tell me or if it could be better, please tell me. Like, I take a lot of pride in what I do, but I also know that I can leave ego at the door because this thing that we're building, this business that we're building together is bigger than any one individual. So I absolutely love that. And I also love that I've baked in like on Monday when I send them their welcome email and they jump into Notion under the housekeeping part, like schedule a call with me this Friday so that we can debrief on everything that's happened. And then I can prep you for your next week. So when I onboard somebody, I always onboard them a week before I truly need them. Because then you're not rushing. Because imagine if I like needed you to start like March 1st or something and it was like a Monday and like I onboarded you. And at the same time as I'm onboarding you, I'm throwing tasks your way, Terry. Like, yeah, that'd be so stressful. Like, I just want you to spend one week to like understand how we work. No stress. 
and to see where things could be better, to understand our ideal clients, our offerings, how we talk. Like it's very much like guided experience that also leans on them to be able to have critical thinking skills. And we didn't create a lot of new content for this either. We farmed what we already had. So in terms of the mission statement, or I know that we've talked about using some of the podcasts now to help bring on new team members. They have an understanding of how we talk about things and how Mm -hmm. we approach things with our clients. You're not necessarily creating new documents. I think team onboarding might be one of the easier things to put together because you're just might be pulling from things you actually are sharing with clients, but maybe putting a new employee or team member spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to take like 10 minutes after this episode to like write down how you would like to onboard someone, some suggestions we have are like break your business down into like a few modules or some sections. Like the first one we always have is like section one is like housekeeping, your job description title, and like results that we would like to see you hit. Again, things like LastPass, this is the team LastPass account, put your favorite gift card, like logistic stuff. And then the second one, the second section or module is uh, all about the business, who Business Laid Bear is, what are official elevator pitches, the orgasmic operations framework, and how we work. So we do client work. We also do sprint projects. So it's just break your business down in a way that's digestible for someone that's probably never, ever heard of you before, and they're going to get a lot of information thrown their way. So if you come at it from an e-course or from a course section, it's like, how do you break it into digestible ways that allow people to maybe stretch themselves, but also not in a way that will break them? Because that's not good mindset or mentality for them if they're like, oh my God, I'm already drowning because I've been in that situation. Like, here's your first day. Here's this like gigantic binder four-inch binder handbook and you get to meet with HR person and then good luck. I'll see you later. I'm like, I need a little more uh, guard railing support (laughs) than that. So basically what we're saying is to make your business super hireable, like hiring friendly, you need to have a good project management system. You need to have a good knowledge base and you also need to be able to onboard them in a way that sets them up for success. Because when they are set up for success, it only is a positive reflection of you. And, you know, I know they're probably thinking in your mind, I need to also have the money. I need to have this in my budget. I need to have the time to put these things together. But you have to remember that this is more than just having the money and the budget and the time. You have to remember you're, you're doing this to invest in your business, to invest in yourself, and to invest in other people who will see you and help you realize your dream for your business. Oh, this was so good, Terry. I love this. All right, so we've given you all this information, but if you're unsure as to like what specific systems you need to make your business- if you want to see what ours looks like. Oh yeah, that too. Feel <laughs> orgasmic. Book a console call with us. Like, I'd love to chat with you about what your business operations can look like and what they need to look like to take your business to the next level and to have it grow with you because your business is only as scalable, growable, sustainable, growable. Is that a word? (laughs) We just made it one. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So your business is only as sustainable, scalable, all that good stuff as your operations and foundations are strong. So if you know that operations are important, like just book a call with us, www.businesslaidbear.com slash console. And we'd love to chat with you as to how to make your operations orgasmic. And that's it. 
Thanks for listening to The Business Whip, hosted by yours truly, Veronica Yans, CEO and founder of Business Laid Bear. If you enjoyed this episode, spank that subscribe button in whichever podcast app you're listening in and share this with your friends. Your support means everything. So thank you from the bottom of my butt, because let's be real, it's so much bigger than my heart. I'll see you in the next episode.